Hello, everybody, and welcome to Web and Beyond Live for October 18th, 2021. I'm Ray Sidney Smith, President of W3 Consulting and Managing Director of W3C Web Services, which provides affordable web and WordPress hosting, domain name registration, and other web-related services for small business. Web and Beyond Live is our weekly show about topical and timely small business, digital marketing, and related issues. Uh, whether you're watching live or the replay or listening to the podcast afterward, feel free to ask questions in the chat in the comment section, and I'll do my best to answer them. And you can always tweet at us at W3 Consulting, W the number three consulting on Twitter as well. And so of course, uh, today I am gonna be talking about honoring female-led small businesses. And uh, to do that today, I have brought a special guest, uh, Laura Hatcher. Laura is the is a photographer, and she's the owner of Laura Hatcher Photography, which is a veteran-owned small business serving the Northern Virginia and DC metro area with unique photographic support to local community slash nonprofit events, small businesses, military ceremonies, professional headshots, and drone operations. Fun, fun, fun. And so uh, with that, let me bring Laura onto the show. Welcome, Laura. Oh, doing really well. And I'm so glad uh, that you could join me here this morning for Web and Beyond Live. And so, of course, I couldn't have encapsulated everything about you in just those uh, few words about you. Can you tell folks a little bit about your background, both as a Navy veteran and as kind of the journey you took to small business ownership? Okay, I'll try and give you the short version because it's 31 years of being a veteran. So that would uh, ex completely exceed your 30 minute show. Uh, yeah, we only have 30 minutes. So, <laughs> so I retired in 2018. But uh, before I retired, um, I started a hobby in photography um, around 2015. I went to a local um, class here at the Torpedo Factory in Old Town, Alexandria. Uh, and just fell in love with it and really enjoyed it. Built my portfolio while I was on active duty. Uh, and then when I retired in 2018, I went and got a real job for about a year. And then after that year, I realized I could actually take my hobby and turn it into my jobby uh, and do something that um, is more flexible for me uh, and my family. I have three sons uh, and a husband and a dog and a stepdaughter. And family on the West Coast, family on the East Coast, and working for yourself affords that flexibility to um, to fit all of that in, in into. And let's face it, as I like to say, my uh, pension helped fulfill my passion. Uh, and so things like healthcare um, and having a little bit of income from, from my military pension definitely supported me going into business for myself. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I think it's just really good for people to understand this. And you've got some some really fun passions in the photographic space. Uh, cars. I've seen lots of car shows where you've done, uh, you know, shows, uh, you know, uh, photographs showing those particular cars. You do a lot of military ceremonies showing retired veterans or retiring veterans at their ceremonies. And that's uh, the pomp and circumstance and the beautiful photography that happens at those ceremonies are quite uh, unique and interesting, something that I didn't even know occurred until you uh, until you came into my world and started showing me them in your in your social profiles. So really some fascinating, you know, subjects for you to photograph. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, what piques your interest in terms of uh, photography in terms of the things that you want to take photographs of versus the things that uh, pay the bills and uh, kind of make you money in that sense? Yeah, that's a great question because I do get a lot of photographers that say, hey, I want to be just like you. And I'm like, well, we I think we all start in the same place where we pick up the camera, 
we take some landscapes. In my case, I took pictures of cars and let's face it, um, they don't, it doesn't pay the bills or at least it doesn't buy better cameras. I found out because people who own those exotic cars or those classic cars um, only want to see pictures of their car. <laughs> They're not buying pictures of anybody else's car. Uh, and so I had to get very comfortable with um, solving a problem. Um, and, and as you know, as a business consultant, um, as a business person, you know, your product, your service should be solving someone's problem. You may, and, and it's even more unique if you, if you can figure out how to solve the problem without them realizing they have the problem. So in my case, um, my niche, I like to say, found me. Um, I was struggling with my military transition, trying to find my footing as a civilian. And when I went back to the community that I grew up with and helped solve their problem, and that problem, if you, if you will, is uh, I'm leaving the military, I have to get on LinkedIn, I have to get a job, I have to show myself in a foreign outfit, right? Because we wear a uniform our entire lives. And now you're telling me I have to find some fashion sense and look good on film. Um, something other than sitting straight up in front of the camera, because that's the way the military um, poses us. Um, that to me was a solution. And once I tapped into that, then, you know, word of mouth, veterans love to support veterans. Um, and it was just been a very unique ride for me, especially since most of my chain of command, all the people I used to work for have, um, many of them have walked through my doors um, at the studio. Fantastic. And and it would, it would be, um... It would be malpractice for me to note, uh, not to note, that is, that you actually took my headshot, my most recent headshot, and most likely my forthcoming headshot, because there is uh, probably another one to, to come soon. But um, yeah, so so in, uh, I, I, this is about two years ago now, even. Yes, Maybe you are due. Before. Thanks for bringing yeah. that up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the, the 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 sad part is that um I had gone many, many years without a headshot because well, with my old headshot because I had gone through several photographers who I just really didn't ultimately like the photography. And it wasn't the photographers that, you know, I don't place any blame on on them. It's just at that time in, of my life in that particular period, I was in a lot of kind of visual transition, so to speak. And I just decided that I didn't like the new ones that were taken. And so I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to sit down with me in your studio in Old Town Alexandria and taking those photographs uh, so that I could have a new one <laughs> for all of my various uh, work. So that's the nice version, Ray. You do realize that I was picking on you in message saying, hey, that picture really looks horrible. Let's, let's do something with that. <laughs> Yes, yes, I know, I know, but it, I, I'm I'm taking the good side here. I I don't want to I don't want to mar uh, uh, either of us in that in that. But no, I, I think it's good for um for pe people to recognize that people notice what you look like, and when your digital marketing is, uh, you are for usually the first thing people see in your digital marketing. It's really important to make a good first impression in that sense. And so, of course, we're here because it is national. Women's Small Business Month, and I wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about your experience, your lived experience, as well as just talking a little bit about those things. Uh, so uh, National Women's Small Business Month was actually championed by the National Women's Business Council, uh, which is actually a program, a, kind of a, an, an area uh, that is a part of the White House administration's kind of the president's administration. But it's a cause for celebration because of the Women's Business Ownership Act. Uh, up until the enactment of the law, this was in 1988, it was unlawful for women in some states to sign a business loan without a male relative's consent. So every October, uh, we celebrate female-led small businesses. And it's just remarkable that, you know, in that time frame, you go from probably 1970-ish uh, to today, where you had about 
less than half a million small businesses owned by women to today where we have uh, pro approximately, you know, uh, 30 to 40% of businesses now, uh, you know, female led. And I think that's a that's a testament to good legislation, uh, but also societal change as well. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the fun statistics about women-led or female-led small businesses or entrepreneurial ventures. And we had talked beforehand about some of those. What are some fun stats that we can share with folks about female-led or women-led owned businesses? Yeah, so you just touched on one of them, that 40% of U.S. Um, businesses are owned by women. But what I found fascinating is um, that we've contributed to $1.8 trillion um, a year. Um, and I did a little bit of research because that's what retired Intel officers do. They always prepare for their audience. Um, and I was curious to know, um, out of the 1.9 million female veterans that we have across the United States and all the territories, only 15% of us, about 15.2%, according to um, the VA, um, are actually in business. Um, and so for me, um, that means we can we can probably do better and get in the word out. Um, many military members, male and female, were conditioned to go back into corporate America. Um, and what we don't realize, and I've learned this myself, is that we were actually given um, skill sets throughout our entire military career, whether it was one year or 31 years like me. Um, we've been given those skill sets to be successful in the business space. Um, whether it's strategic thinking, it's you know leadership, managing, um, customer service, uh, service in general, right? Service to the country is is the highest highest order, um, and so a lot of military uh, members or veterans don't think that way. Yeah, I think that's that's a really stark statistic, and it's something that you know you see all of the discussion, at least for those of us who have lived in and around military areas or or the dc metro area where you have a lot of military officers or and and uh you know veterans in transition there's all this discussion about how to help those veterans transition into civilian life and in my world of economic development you see people talking about how to get them to start businesses and that there's such a large gap between those that are in you know uh that the male you know, veterans leaving and starting businesses versus female. Clearly, there's a, a an area of opportunity there. And so, all of you female veterans, listen up, listen up, listen to Laura. So, um, okay. So, I wanted to talk about what I, I mean when we think about, and, and I know this can become and sound sometimes obtuse, but I really wanted to talk about the advantages that female small business owners have over their male counterparts. And it's it's not like a you know. Uh, um, a male versus female, but just from a perspective of, from your perspective, what do you feel like is and are the things that you bring to the table as a woman, a mother of three sons, you know, those kinds of things, your experiences as a veteran, a female veteran, right? Because that's a whole other layer of experience. What What do you feel like are the things that help prepare you for small business ownership? Okay, so first I'd neglected to thank you for having me on. Uh, and I want to circle back to that because by you having me on, you forced me <laughs> to actually dig deep into this subject area because as a female veteran, um, I I don't understand the space that I'm in as a female civilian businesswoman now. So I'm very new to this, as you know, I've been doing this full time for about two years. So I really wasn't cognizant of many of the challenges. And so this has been a great um, enlightenment for me, educational, and it, I think it's gonna help make me a better mentor as well going forward for female um, uh, business people or even male for that matter. 
And I did some research because um, I always research. And I, I will tell you, I came across an article um, and I was completely floored and offended by the six um, advantages that the male writer said female uh, entrepreneurs had. Um, and I'll list them quickly because they just blew my mind. One was social networking because we don't give the social calendar to the man, which I thought was a, a very sexist comment to say. Uh, the other advantage is that we have women's intuition. That's not a thing, okay? <laughs> um, that This is the one that got my go. Pain tolerance. We have a high threshold. And the author said, after watching my, my, my wife give birth, I know they have a high pain tolerance. What does that have to do with being a businesswoman? I was shuddering. Um, multitasking, patience, and that we're good listeners. Okay, that's all crap. Um, and if the article hadn't been old, I think it was like 2017, I would have written a comment saying that was all crap. From my experience, um, what I have found is that we take, um, as women, we take calculated risks. Um, we're more risk adverse. Um, at least I know I am personally. I'm more, I, I tend to think things out and maybe even overthink um, to the point where I don't make decisions quickly. And we've talked about this in the past, Ray, when I, um, I'm paralyzed by my own analysis. Um, I think we are better at asking for advice Women tend to help each other with lessons learned. We're more open to, to talking about our failures than men are. Um, I found that when I want to learn lessons, um, for example, the studio that I own today was owned by another woman, a uh, photographer. Uh, her name's Katie Garlock. And I walked in off the street like four or five years ago now, and I said, hey, I need a mentor. Um, and um, I looked around and I said, you know, you obviously know what you're doing because <laughs> you've got a studio in Old Town Alexandria. And um, and she agreed. And I just don't see many men doing that. Um, and uh, and I will tell you, I love mentoring. I love mentoring men and women, uh, but women tend to um, help each other more um, than the other way around. I also noticed that um, we are less prone to be overconfident. And this was me growing up in the military, um, I wanted to make sure that I knew everything 100% um, as opposed to my male counterparts that would walk in and maybe know 40%, but they were way more confident <laughs> expressing that I could do that even though they had no clue what they were doing, where I was walking and say, yeah, I have no clue. And yet I was at 99% and I just needed that one that one percent to make me feel like I, I knew what was going on. So. so if we take that to the flip side, Ben, what do you feel like are the things that still hold women small business owners back? What are the disadvantages or the challenges that you face being a female-led venture? All right, so I, I learned a new term, um, doing my homework for you. you. You may or may not have heard of it. Homophily, H-O-M-O-P-H-I-L-Y. feel like I'm in a spelling bee, homophily. What does it mean? Do you know what it means, right? Uh, well, so if I take the uh, the the Greek or Latin, uh, it means to uh, it would be the the same yeah. of something. So, yeah, it's so homophily <laughs> is it's 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 actually neat. Um, it's the tendency for people to seek out others similar to themselves. Mm. And so, um, from what I read, um, and this makes a lot of sense. I've seen this through my career, um, not necessarily as a businesswoman. But um, women tend to be outside those organized um, networks that are usually male dominated, right? And men um, or people with experience tend to mentor people like themselves. 
And those people that are mentoring usually have the financing, um, usually are the ones that are sponsoring and elevating people to find those opportunities. And so if all the men are mentoring people that look and sound like themselves, then where is the room for women to find those opportunities? And that is so true. Um, growing up in the military, there weren't a lot of women, especially uh, for me, that looked like me, that wanted to have children, <laughs> uh, that wanted to balance everything. Um, and I remember very early in my career, I said, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to stay into the bitter end. Um, I'm going to, um, and at, at the time, I may not have actually thought this, but I know looking back, I wanted to be what I didn't see uh, for myself in the military. And so in the business place, um, I think it's important for when you do reach a point where you're successful or at least have a clue what's going on, it's time to give back. It's time to pay it forward and let other female um, veterans, in my case, photographers, see that you can do it. Right. Give them give them the lessons learned. Cut some of that time and that anxiety and those challenges out by telling them all the mistakes that you made so they can avoid that and be successful. Yeah, I certainly know that there are uh, there's still uh, a bit of an old boys club re regarding old gentlemen's club, whatever you want to call it. There is still a lot of that that happens in a lot of business communications and interactions that I have. And it does require, if there are any men watching or listening, uh, you know, it does require us to stand up and say that's not acceptable in those environments. Uh, I hear it all the time and, uh, and, and have to, you know, be that person where it says, you know, like, why are we not using more inclusive language? Why are we not letting, uh, you know, uh, why are we letting these kinds of, of interactions? And they seem, they seem, uh, kind of you know passing they seem so uh, innocent in 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 essence you know it's the it's the locker room uh, talk kind of uh you know excuses that have been given in the past and we all need to stand up because we are, we're all better when we're all equal and right. it just it makes it it makes uh it makes it incumbent upon everyone uh not just women to have to overcome the challenges but men to actually step up and support women led businesses and i feel like and i hope that i i emulate that and and you know model that for my other male led business owners and male led uh, male colleagues because it's really important for us to understand that we're actually better off when we are supporting uh, women-led businesses, they uh, tend to crowdfund more. They tend to uh, pay back their loans uh, at a higher rate. They are they are folks who uh, show up and do the work. And, you know, like I, I was saying to you pre-show, you know, most of my client base are female-led businesses. And it's just the nature of my business, just the nature of my personality. Uh, we quipped that it might be my headshot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's all in the headshot. But the 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 goal behind uh, my work is not uh, gendered, uh, but the uh, way in which we do our work just lends toward, um, you know, females feeling like they can trust me to do the work, trust yeah. us to do the work. And that's really important for me. And I feel like it's really important for us all to take uh, to heart. Moving right along, I wanted to talk a little bit about what are you know, in your process of starting your business, you had a little bit of a, a transition buffer, so to speak. You know, you talked about the fact that you had your military pension and those kinds of things to help you with that trans transition. What are some of the things that you think about when it comes to, uh, they use the term fempreneur. Um, I'm not quite sure I particularly like that term, but it, it is what was is out there. Um, but like um, female entrepreneurs starting their businesses, 
in especially this climate where we are doing more virtually, we see the economic uh, kind of um, you know recovery happening, and we also see pandemic culture setting into place. These are all areas where some of the advantages you talked about as of, of being a female small business owner kind of come into place. What are some of the things that fempreneurs can do as they're starting their businesses? Um, so I mentioned it earlier. Um, it worked for me and I, I think it would work for, for anyone that has the, um, who really wants to get better at what they're doing it, is finding mentors, you know, mentors and sponsors, right? Cause there's a difference between the two. Um, but you know, Part of that challenge, though, is finding people that are willing participants, right? Um, obviously, I took a risk. Though, uh, Katie could have said, get out of my shop. I don't have time for you. <laughs> but she's she's a wonderful person, so she didn't. Um, but we, I think we need to find a way, the, the business community, to offer it so that it's not, um, there isn't that, that bridge or that awkwardness. Um, and there are a lot of programs and resources that are out there. Um, SCORE is a great one uh, where you can go online and read um, uh, people's bios and backgrounds and what their their industries are to help you. And I've used them a couple of times uh, for accounting, for example, which is the bane of my existence. Um, but I think if we can, um, you know, connect, uh, you know, struggling or, you know, uh, aspiring uh, fempreneurs. I don't like that term either, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost sounds like a superhero title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Uh, but if you can connect them to people that, um, you know, that will help them, uh, guide them through, uh, because we don't know what we don't know. Right. I, I'm actually currently writing a curriculum, um, to help, uh, uh, photography business, uh, aspiring photography business owners. Um, I'm, I'm working, uh, with a, a local photography school. We, we've agreed that this is kind of a, a need, um, and as I'm writing this curriculum, I'm, I'm realizing, oh my goodness, um, uh, there's so much that I missed, right? There's so many things that um, there's actually a process. And had I had someone sit down and say, hey, before, I'm sorry, the sun disappeared. That's why I got so dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had actually had a, a mentor from the beginning saying, oh, you want to go into business? Let's walk you through this process. That would have been so much more helpful because as I'm writing this curriculum, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't do this step. <laughs> I didn't do this step. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So if, and I, I noted in the chat here, but for anybody who's listening after the fact, uh, uh, Laura noted score, but there's also a platform called MicroMentor. If you go to micromentor.org and then businessadvising.org, they're run by Pacific Community Ventures. And I am actually one of the Pacific Community Ventures business advisors. And so I'm in that business mentoring program and that is as a mentor. And so they pair you up usually geographically, uh, but many times it's based on what your needs are. So uh, similar to SCORE, where you might look at different profiles and choose someone based on their skill set, businessadvising.org basically chooses your mentor for you uh, based on your needs in that particular area. And so just something to, to consider there. In terms of places where people can go for assistance, I frequently recommend to people to go to their local small business development center. And if you go to americassbdc.org, they actually have a, a map and a search. You just type in your zip code and wherever you have your business or wherever you live, you can find a local small business development center, but even further beyond that. So the SBDC or the small business development center program is a program of the SBA. And the SBA also has something called the women's business center. Uh, the WBCs 
Uh, there are 100 centers uh, throughout the country, and those 100 centers have their own set of services and provisions for women's uh, women small small businesses, basically women women led small businesses. What other resources have you come across, Laura, that you feel like are good places for women led businesses to go to? So I always send everybody to the SPDC. That is that's <laughs> perfect, and I knew that because uh, I met that's where I met you. Um, on the veteran side, there's a wealth of free resources. Um, uh, there's a program called VWISE, Veteran uh, Women uh, Inspiring. And I apologize, I should know this. Uh, it's a long acronym, but it's for women entrepreneurs, VWISE. Um, and uh, it's a great program under the University of Syracuse. University of Syracuse also has quite a, a few programs for men and women um, uh, for veterans that want to get into the entrepreneurial space. Um, but the ones that you mentioned, I think, are the key ones where you'll find, um, you know, webinars and uh, resources and blog posts. And uh, it's just a lot of information out there that is for free. Thank yeah, you. I posted we'll a link. Yeah. Adding the spirit of entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, that's a mouthful. Uh, so it I posted is. a link to that in, into the into the chat, and I'll make sure to, to put that into our uh, video description and into the show notes. And I would also note there is Hello Alice for anyone who's not used Hello Alice, but that's a really great platform for just learning about funding and entrepreneurship generally, but usually very, very helpful in the women-led small business arena. And as we come to kind of the end of our, our conversation, I wanted to talk about what we can do to support more female entrepreneurship. And what do you feel is are the things that that both female business owners as well as their male counterparts can do to support female entrepreneurship beyond going to one of these centers, what can we each maybe individually do? What are some ideas that you might have there? Um, so Ray, I think you're doing it, right? You're uh, <laughs> you're an example of what, what we're doing right now. We're advocating for women, we're interviewing them, um, we're educating, we're, you're raising awareness. I mean, just in this short period of time, getting ready for this, you've actually educated me um, and I'm going to pay it forward. It's, it's, you know, and then that next person that receives that information from me, they're going to share it with someone else. Um, if we're all doing that small part, um, that's going to change um, the way that we view uh, and, and we'll start to use these resources that I think are underutilized right now. Absolutely. I think the other side to this is be uncomfortable. And, you know, it's really, uh, it's so, it, you know, it's like, it's weird to, to kind of think about it from that perspective. But really, for me, uh, you know, I don't think about my gender all that often. I am a cisgender male. I'm six foot two. Uh, you know, I'm, for all intents and purposes, white to everybody, although I am multi-ethnic. And so I walk around the world without a perception of people thinking about those things about me. And so when you when you address these issues, it can be uncomfortable. And right. it requires that discomfort, just, just leaning into the discomfort to say, you know what, I'm going to fumble over my, my thoughts, I'm going to not necessarily have the right thoughts, I could be open to change. And that change is for the better. It's for the better of society, it's for the better of my children, it's for the better for your children, it's for the better for betterment of everybody. And that has an economic impact that, that's actually positive on uh, our, our national economy. And, you know, like, if, if morality is not the point, uh, you know, let the dollars talk, right? And I, I, I really think that we, we forget the fact that when we positively impact female led businesses, you know, rising tides lift all ships. And uh, that that hopefully that Navy reference was not lost. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> good job. 
Go Navy. You know, we, we really need to make sure that we are recognizing that that when we try to suppress or oppress other minorities, we ultimately hurt ourselves. Uh, you know, it really is shooting ourselves in the foot. And so, or, um, you know, putting holes in our hull. Uh, <laughs> right, really guys. questioning it now. <laughs> All right. So, so in closing, I wanted to talk just very, very briefly about what are some ways in which uh, the, the folks who are watching and listening as business owners or business owners to be, how should we approach the female consumers? What, what should we do when it comes to being maybe a female led business or not, but just how do we approach female consumers? What should we, what should we think just in kinds of, of, of rules of thumb? Uh, I will tell you one thing that's worked for me as a photographer. Um, I know nothing about fashion. Remember I told you I wore a uniform for 31 years. I actually took the time to sit down and write an article about what looks best on camera in terms of clothes. And so I put myself in that female role of what are the things I care about when, and what are my hangups when I come and take a picture. And I will tell you, a lot of my female clients, when they read that article and they actually take my advice, pictures look so much better. Um, and so it's really putting yourself, regardless of what your business is, in the, in the shoes that you're trying to attract. Understand who your customer is, understand where they shop, what their concerns are, what their challenges are. And then your service or product, as I mentioned earlier, should solve a problem that they may not realize they already have. Absolutely. I think, I think the number one thing that at least male-led businesses can do is not patronize female yeah. consumers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we've heard the term mansplaining. Uh, I see it all the time. You know, I go to the store with my mother and uh, she's not only, uh, you know, she's Chinese ethnically, uh, you know, but this is a very smart woman who has had a very decorated career. She does not need to be uh, talked down to or patronized in circumstances. But, you know, I just see the both racism and sexism kind of just latch on every time. And then when I step up to the counter, there's a different experience. And, you know, there's a clear contrast. And so we can all just do better at not just ourselves embodying better skills in that sense, but also teaching those soft skills, those inclusive, you know, DEI training, diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility uh, training for our staff as well is going to be really important as well. So I just, you know, I can't but hope that uh, this message gets through to some folks and they can just start to do more in that sense. And so I really appreciate you having this conversation and joining me here, Laura. Um, how can folks learn more about you and what you're doing out there in the world? Uh, so I have a website, www, right there on the screen, laurahatcherphotography.com. It's a mouthful. Um, I'm on 218 North Lee Street in Old Town, Alexandria. I'm by appointment only, but you can find that on the website. I'm voracious on LinkedIn because I'm convinced that's where all the adults are, like Ray and myself. Um, but I am on Instagram and Facebook, too. So it was I, it was sad talking. that I it was sad that I didn't see you on Twitter, but uh, but LinkedIn is probably the best place for you. So it's too much, Ray. There's only one of me. <laughs> I I totally understand. Well, uh, again, I really want to appreciate. I, I want to uh, thank get send my gratitude and thank you for joining me here for Web and Beyond Live. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, and I learned a lot. As you good, good. you. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, that was Laura Hatcher from Laura Hatcher Photography. And you can, of course, check her out by going to her website at www.laurahatcherphotography.com. And with that, that brings us, of course, uh, to the end of our time together this week. Uh, and so if you have any questions, you have any comments, feel free to reach out to me uh, at W3 Consulting on Twitter. Of course, you can reach us 
you know, through the comments or whatever other means, you can go to our website and, uh, you know, communicate with us there. Um, we will be back next week, Monday, as we normally are. We usually come live at 11 a.m. Eastern on Mondays talking about digital marketing. And so I think next week we're going to have a conversation around our social media small business updates. So we'll be covering all of the various social networking updates for, for that purpose. If you enjoy the live stream, feel free to click the thumbs up icon. Uh, make sure you subscribe so that you get future notifications about future web and beyond lives, as well as all of our recorded webinars that come out here after the fact. They're usually about a month or so delayed from our live webinars, so it's best for you to attend the live ones, but then we do put out the archive versions here as well. So thanks so much for spending this web and beyond live with me. I'm Ray Sidney Smith on behalf of W3 Consulting and our subsidiary W3C Web Services. Have a great week ahead marketing your small business on the web and beyond.